Welcome to Helix Tapping the Industry, a series where we examine the forces driving the rubber markets today. I'm Arusha Das, Senior Research Analyst of Helix Tap Technologies. Back in January, we spoke to Brian, Chairman and Co-Founder of Helix Tap Technologies, and Farah, CEO and Co-Founder of Helix Tap Technologies. At the time, they were bullish on the rubber industry for several reasons. Since then, of course, we've seen the market go on an absolute tear which has also taken them by surprise. So now the question is, had they hit the mark max yet? So on this episode of Helix Tapping Industry, we speak again with Brian about what's driving prices higher and are we really at a brink of rubber super cycle? It's Thursday, 17th of February, 2022. Hi, Brian. Welcome back to Helix Tapping Industry. Thanks, Arusha. It's a pleasure to be here again. Did you have a look at the rubber prices? I did indeed. The prices came in slightly higher than expected. But of course, everyone is talking about the idea that all of this is supposed to be transitory. In 2021, STR20 saw a rise of around 49% compared to 2020 prices. According to Helix Tap data, the surge for SI20 was about 35% and African 10 by around 27%. If we compare the 2021 average with the 2022 average prices till date, that is January 22 to February 16, 2022, the STR posted a rise of 14% and African 10 posted a rise of 12%, while for SR20 it was at 11%. So here we are, almost two years of the global pandemic, and I don't think this is going away very soon. Right. So, of course, there is debate about what transitory means. Does it mean pandemic related or is it really the new? most talked about phenomenon, the super cycle. And that's what we'll split hair on today. Of course, I believe it is very important because things have gotten to a whole new level. When it comes to any commodity, we have energy prices going leaps and bounds, logistical issues, lack of investment, and all of the inflationary pressures to top it. Yeah, it's interesting. And you framed that really well. Because, you know, sometimes we consider these things separately. What we forget that these pressures compound. So bad weather affects the farms in Thailand, affecting the warehouses and shipments, which ends up affecting the whole distribution channel. And on the rubber pricing front, you see the same thing. Like the energy prices spike, the fertilizer companies have to pay back production because it's no longer profitable, making fertilizer costly. And that's what feeds into the pricing. Yes, and another big thing everyone is talking about is how much of this is caused by the years of unstructured investment in the production side, and now we are sort of reaping the consequences of all of it. So there is just too much going on. Yeah, that's true.
So before we start talking about how it happened and what we foresee in the coming months, we need to understand what is exactly a super cycle and if rubber went through any such cycle in the past. So a commodity super cycle is a near decade long period of time where the commodities trade well above the long-term price trend. A one or two year rally in commodities is not a super cycle, rather a rebound from an important event such as we saw after the great recession of 2008-2009. So going back by almost one century, only two super cycles or rather have been identified and each was tied to a very transformational period of economic development. The first started in the 1950s, which lasted through the 1960s until 1970s. This was by the surge of demand in the US during the Korean War, when the US government started to build up a stock. The main producers, then Malaysia and Indonesia, saw a massive jump in demand. There was also high inflation and high oil price shocks. The last super cycle lasted from the mid-1990s until the financial crisis in 2008. During this time, Brazil, Russia, India, and China were on the path of rapid industrialization, building a huge demand for raw materials and energy commodity. So looking at the current scenario, there are like three pillars causing this boom in the prices, namely redistribution of demand leading to inflation, a lack of structural investment in the rubber industry, and the disruption of supply chain. So which one is really the one that caused the big spike you see? Actually, all three are the most important that we actually envisioned. If we look at the pre-days of COVID, that is where the underinvestment phase began. What happened was the money was taken from the old economy and moved to the new economy. So there were investments happening in building up a sustainable tire or synthetic rubber, but we forgot to invest into the upgrading of the rubber plantations to increase yield or better pay and working conditions for farmers so that they do not move on to more profitable agri-commodities. So why would a farmer work for rubber when one kilo of rubber is equivalent to about half a kilo of rice? And then COVID-19 also caused a huge labor shortage. I remember somewhere in mid last year when COVID spiked in Thailand and Indonesia, the production saw a drop of around 50%. Even Malaysian plantations saw a shortage of around 70,000 foreign workers in November 2021. And that's huge. We really haven't been in a situation like this earlier. By now, there is some shift happening. The travel restrictions are getting better and the investments front, the government and other big consumers and producers are working at the ground level, like in April 2021. The rubber governor of Thailand revealed that RAOT has invited interested parties to participate in the auction of RSS3 and STR20. The initiative was to stabilize rubber prices. I hope that brings in some balance. But what about inflation, though? Um, we did have a chat last month, and I 
remember you said it's good for commodity prices. I couldn't agree more. But things went a bit out of hand, I guess. Yes. While the global economy is recovering in 2021, a lot of countries gave stimulus to rebound in demand. The redistribution of demand led to inflation. And now things are a bit out of hand. In December, the U.S. consumer prices clocked a 7% year-on-year growth, which was the highest in 40 years. In China, the consumer price index is expected to rise this year after retreating in December from a 50-month high. Yes, indeed. And the producer price index was up 8.1% last year, as per the industry report. The situation is not different for the producing countries. For example, inflation peaked in January in Indonesia, superseding Bank Indonesia's target range with the consumer model, CPI, was up 2.18% year-on-year. In January, as per statistics in Indonesia, Thailand's consumer price index rose 3.23% year-on-year in January. But Brian, uh, countries like the US and England have raised their interest rates to check inflation. Yes, they did. But the question remains whether the shifting monetary policies in the Western countries would weaken the rally in global commodities. China accounts for about 40% of the global rubber production, and we don't see China tightening its policies yet. In fact, People's Bank of China is working to aid the economy. They are monitoring if there are any artificial rise in the prices, but the liquidity is not getting disrupted. According to various industry reports, the actual global inflation figures are likely much higher than reported, with economists convinced the real numbers are double digits. Let's consider oil. Oil prices breached $93 a barrel, first time since September 2014, taking year-to-date gains to over 47%. Since the start of this year, especially when OPEC and its allies fell short of about 700,000 barrels per day of its collective production targets in January, according to industry reports, that is such a large hole that OPEC, the use administration, nobody can fix this. It's not just oil. The thing is problems in one market creates problems in the other. First, it was coal in China, then it was gas in Europe. So it's like a chain reaction which keeps getting tighter and tighter. So why is the oil shortage different from what what we anticipated? It is because oil is now being used in lieu of other energy commodities due to the shortages and the global initiative of transitioning towards cleaner energy. Bottom line is we are seeing higher risk from these commodities going ahead. The underlying picture is far more bullish than what we thought. Indeed. And there's also the factor of freight cost and the disruption of the supply chain. Freight cost has seen a hike of like a many-fold rise. 
not only the cost of the container shortages, port congestions. See, a rebound in demand does overwhelm the supply chain. We saw a massive shortage of containers and ships. We saw scenarios where people had to wait for almost a month just to get cargoes shipped in Thailand. This was a double whammy for the producers and processors as well, as they struggled to find containers for ready-made shipments while dealing with problems in cash flow. In an attempt to dodge massive delays in shipments, we also saw a few tire companies opting for alternative freight options like air freight last year to ship just to keep the supply chain undisrupted. Market sources noted that a major Thai company used airlines to ship raw materials, while others were seen opting for chartered vessels and massive container shortages. Meanwhile, a few companies have also reportedly used railways to transport raw materials. Rubber to Europe. Let's not even mention freight costs. So the average cost crossed the US dollars 10,000 a mark. That is massive. And the buyers who booked on CIF basis had to deal with the huge losses. This tightens cash flow and the whole chain gets impacted. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The freight was quite a pressure that we saw. just going back to the point where we started from is rubber really at a brink of a super cycle well certain factors like inflationary pressure oil price shocks and demand rebound looks very similar to the super cycles the industry witnessed earlier we are on a rebound but a super cycle will probably take another year to start rubber has been an underrated commodity for too long. It's high time it gets a boost. The good thing is that the demand is recovering. The threat of COVID is waning too, but the consumers are still struggling with lower factory output, labor shortages. There are some push on the supply side at the moment, which is keeping the market strong. And actually, you are correct in pointing out that we do see a lot of similarities in what we saw in the 1990s boom. But the problem is that market is ignoring the price level as so many disruptive things are happening right now. And the focus is not just on rubber, but across the commodities. It is something that is hitting all the markets simultaneously. That is really what is at the core of the super cycle. Having said, super cycles are best defined in hindsight. So it will be years from now before we truly know whether we are witnessing the start of a new rubber super cycle. Thanks for rounding us off, Brian. And thank you for joining us on Helix Tapping, the industry. Thanks, Arusha. If you enjoyed today's episode, let us know at marketing at helixdab.com. For more updates on the rubber industry, please check out www.helixdab.com. 
and you can also follow us on socials under the handle Helixstaff for more industry updates. Thank you for tuning into Helixstaff in the industry. Until next time. Thank you.